I mean, Debo's up there, but yeah. like no, no, I hear what you're saying with Christian. Listen, Christian this is has why, no flaw. This is why I wanted him traded here last year. This is why we kicked this around two and a half weeks before he actually got traded here. And it wasn't just, hey, Niners, go get him. It's because, like, what are they going to do with McCaffrey? And when I just looked at the offense, it didn't have to be McCaffrey. could have been Saquon Barkley. could have been any running back who could catch the ball on the backfield. Mm. I just thought that was the missing element in this offense. You had Debo. You had Ayuk. You had Kittle. But where's the dump offset? Mm. Where's the check down at? Where's the safety valve at for a quarterback like Brock or Jimmy or Trey? They tried that with Jerick McKinney towards ACO a week before the season opener in Minnesota when they signed him to the big money deal. And he was just never right with the 49ers. Can you throw the ball? We saw elements of it with Raheem Mostert, the Texas round, opening day, 2020, against Arizona, the pandemic season, where he goes like 90 yards mm. on a touchdown against Isaiah Simmons. But that was the missing element in this offense. And so for Christian McCaffrey to get traded here, and you heard what he said, they took a gamble on me. This guy's an all-time great. It wasn't a gamble, Christian. <laughs> it wasn't a gamble at all. Trust me. Who would have gave up more first-round picks to get you out of Carolina? But the gratitude that he had, what you said, the gratitude and appreciation. And then he talked about his father, Ed, getting him ready as a yeah. kid. Ed McCaffrey's like, hey, you sure you want to wear Jesus school? May weigh you down. May weaken your head. told him, hey, at the prep rallies, don't be doing all that shouting and stuff. It, Just chill. <laughs> it, it is remarkable. Now, you have like a LeBron James whose father didn't play in the league, but LeBron's kids will. Right. Some of them will play in the NBA. It's remarkable how many top athletes right now are the sons of other former top There's athletes. A lot. You know, a lot. Patrick Mahomes' dad pitched in the right. bigs. Obviously. Oh, real Ro- quick. Uh, Bully, Bully was talking to me off uh, uh, off air about Patrick Mahomes Sr. Real quick. Oh, yeah. They were in Minnesota one year, and this is when Mahomes Sr. was pitching with the Twins. Okay. He wanted to practice. With him. He's like, yo, can I come practice? He said Mahomes Sr. was out there not just dunking, but two-head gorilla ducks. Power ducks. Oh. Said Mahomes Senior was legit on the court. It doesn't it was like practice. Like so, to your point about these kids, they yeah. can do all sports. Mahomes could have yes. played any sport. I know, but like it is crazy to me how many of the former athletes' children are now dominating sports right yeah. now. Uh, obviously, there, there's the there's the financial aspect of it where they, they just can get better training and resources and access, etc. But to me, it's the mindset too, and it's got to take advantage of the situation. Yeah, but like Steph Curry, right? He's the top of his profession. Christian McCaffrey. Brock Purdy, his father played in the minors, correct? Yep. Um, Patrick Mahomes, his father played in the bigs. Like, it is not that athletes can't come from all walks of life, but it is crazy how many of them there are right now in professional sports dominating at the highest level. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt about that. Christian McCaffrey also, the the whole fire alarm story with Ross Tucker. Hey, I'm going to play. We got King of the Hill coming up. But Ross Tucker real quick on Starting Guru yesterday. We're gonna, it's going to be the theme. This may be the theme today to get us fired up on a football Friday here on 95.7 The Game. Here's Ross Tucker yesterday on Stardy Guru, live from Radio Row. The Niners could be a really likable team if they would just stop complaining all the time. About what? About everything. Give us an example. Okay. Uh, Well, the field, the practice field. No, no, no. Last week, last week, well, first of all, all you heard from any Niner all offseason, every Niner player or fan was the only reason why they lost to the Eagles was because because both quarterbacks get hurt. My recommendation would be to not let your quarterbacks get hurt, okay? Not let the defense kill your quarterbacks. Then, and they talked about all offseason, okay? Then, next thing we have, last week, they asked Bosa his impression. 
impression of uh, the Chiefs' offensive line. He's like, they hold a lot. Yeah. Then they asked Jed York what he remembered from the Super Bowl four years ago. I remember Nick Bosa being held on third and 15. They're uh, always whining uh, or complaining about something. Now this week, what do we have? The practice field isn't good. Right. It's the Super Bowl. You're barely practicing anyway. They're doing like a walkthrough. <laughs> hey, give me a break. And then today, now they had the alarm pool. You got you to sign That happens see, every You got to see my post, at Ross Grandpa. Right. I said, well, at least now, if, if the Niners lose, now we know why. Changes everything. The Thursday alarm pool, that changes everything. Wow. I mean, they, they, at least they have their built-in excuse. Who? But... Uh, <laughs> So let, let who's me, saying on. that that's the NLB right. all? Uh, but you know what was funny when McCaffrey spoke to the press yesterday, he didn't believe the alarm was set off by accident. McCaffrey said, "I think there's no way it's random. It's part of it. It's just more wood thrown on the fire." Could you imagine how likable Ross Tucker could be if he stopped complaining about the Niners complaining? Yep. Bosa, how about this? <laughs> I didn't know this happened. Bosa said, "I'm sure somebody did it." Kind of reminded me of Philly when they had this construction going on outside. It was early in the morning. They were like demolishing a bridge right outside our hotel. We haven't had the best luck, but no excuses. So, oh, <laughs> we're trying to get to Sunday and be as prepared as we can. Uh, and if we had to deal with a couple more issues, we're ready to do it. But McCaffrey doesn't think it was accidental. Bosa doesn't think it was accidental. McCaffrey's like, hey, just more wood thrown on the fire. Well, it's petty. It's all good. It is petty, it's by petty. the way. By the way, you're listening to 95.7 Game, KGMZ FM at AC1 San Francisco. The San Francisco Sheriff's Office countdown to kickoff clock says we are two days, eight hours, 24 minutes, five seconds, four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one second away from the big game. And a big shout-out to Pete's Coffee for sending us to the big game. No, We're going I'm to Vegas right for the game. Thanks to Pete's Coffee. Thank you to them for going out to Vegas. I can't wait to get and down there. If you're out and about and you're at a Pete's or you're wearing your Niner gear with your Pete's coffee, send us a photo, tweet it at us, Instagram us, tag us. I'll re, uh, repost it. Can't wait for this game because I think it could rank in my top seven to King of the Hill in the future. we got King of the Hill coming up right now. Let's get to it, folks. God, I love this music. I love it, especially on the Football Friday presented by Flag and Anthem. King of the Hill this week. Listen, it's seven greatest championship teams in Bay Area sports history. Seven greatest teams. On Sunday, when the 49ers win, where would this championship rank? I feel it's going to be high on the list in the future. But right now, we go to number seven. Number seven, the 1990 Stanford Cardinal women's basketball team winning Tara Vanderbilt's first NCAA championship. She now has three, but that's the first one. Women's basketball team, Stanford, winning that 1990 Final Four. Shout out to Jennifer AZ. Heard from her the other day. She's out in Vegas doing big things with the Aces, Las Vegas Aces, who won back-to-back championships. That's my number seven championship team in Bay Area sports history. Number six, the 2018 Golden State Warriors. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, they were bored that season. They won 58 games, didn't have home court advantage. They went to Houston, won a game seven to Houston, when Houston missed 27 straight threes. Look, that team could have won 70 games if they wanted to. They limped into the playoffs. They didn't care. They still won that championship and went back to back, back to back. Number six, 2018, go to State Warriors. Number five. Number five. This may be too low on my list. The 1984. San Francisco 49ers 15-1 winning the Super Bowl at Stanford Stadium against Dan Marino and the Miami Dolphins. They built that Super Bowl as Dan Marino's coming out party. 
and he winked in the camera when he got introduced to the crowd at Palo, in Palo Alto at Stafford Stadium, but Joe Montana stole the show. The iconic video footage of Joe just being on the sideline by himself, what the hell went on in the waiting seconds of that Super Bowl, and Joe just looking at the camera, throwing up the one. I love that image. Today's not the day. I, I, I'm stunned you put the 1990 Stanford women's. I'm not hating on it. I'm just. Why? Well, what, why? I just. I think the if you pulled 100 Bay Area sports fans, I don't I, know if two of them would come up with that championship. What's, uh, what? That's what makes me me. I know. That's what makes me me. That's tough. That's Shout tough. out women's basketball. Uh, number four. Number four. The 1989 Oakland Athletics. <laughs> the 1989 Oakland Athletics. The Bass Brothers, Ricky Henderson. What's so funny about them? What? What? No, it, I'm just listening to the drops. Oh, yeah! That team was loaded. I mean, it was against the Giants. That one should be elevated. <laughs> uh, Earthquake? Number four. number four. 1989 Oakland Athletics, number four. Okay. Why? Number because number three, I got my 2020. Or excuse number me, 2012. Three. 2012 San Francisco Giants. That was a great regular season team. Great regular season team. Go down 0-2 to Cincinnati. You win three straight in Cincinnati, who had the best home record in the National League that season. Then you go down 3-1 against St. Louis. You win three straight. And then you smoke the Tigers. I remember I bet Mark Spears, a young Bonte Hill, betting Mark Spears. He goes, the Tigers got y'all, bro. They got all the momentum. We bet a World Series hat. Thank you to Mark Spears for that hat. The 2012 <laughs> Giants third best championship team. In Bay Area sports history, number two. Number two. This is tough. Raymond Ritter's not going to be happy with this, but the 2017 Golden State Warriors that's are number tough, two. That's tough. Maybe the greatest NBA basketball team of all time. So you have two. You have 18 and 17. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Kevin Durant. So <laughs> Kevin you're Durant. going rosters, not like what the No, I'm just going championships. I'm going my top seven championship okay. teams. Okay. My top. I'm trying this to, is my it, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my yeah. list. King of the Hill. My list, not yours. Your list may be different. Because yeah, yes. number one, yes. number, number one, one are the 1989 San Francisco 49ers. The ones that demolished wow. the Denver Broncos 55 to 10. They went back to back. In that Super Bowl, I remember Pat Summerall and John Madden at, after the game said, you know, <laughs> the way they won this game, who's to say they can't win three in a row? And damn it, they knocked on the door. They got close to winning three in a row. Ronnie Lott, Matt Millen. John Taylor, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana's best game in the Super Bowl in the New Orleans, Louisiana Superdome, and Bill Walsh midway through the first quarter telling somebody in the suite, this is going to be a blowout. And you know what? It was a blowout. 55 wow. to 10. That no 2010. List. No 2014. 2012 Giants is better than 2010. Oh, no, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm just, you're saying championship. I, I meant right. more like the, the feeling when you won, like the 2022 Boston Warriors won. Well, that's a different list. That's a different category. Okay. This is the greatest teams. Greatest, greatest teams. Great, my greatest championship teams in Bay Area sports history. Then 95 didn't make it. Wow. It's tough. 89 was better. No, no some people think 84 and 89 are better than yeah, 95. Yeah. So I'm not, tough I'm not mad. We've it is a tough list. Look, there's going to be it's some A's list. fans. There's going to be some A's fans out there saying, where's the 70 A's at? Reggie Jackson? Catfish. I mean, Catfish, Vita Blue? Yeah. I mean, it's a tough list. No, you know why? Because really the Bay Area has great championship yes. teams. We have great tradition here. Yes. So not to short side on all those other championship teams, but this is my list. It's all debatable. We'll get it on Twitter. If you debate your mom if you yeah, want I to. I thought you were going to maybe care. put the Stanford golf team with Noda Begay and Tiger Woods his freshman year. You know what? Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Don't be hating on Tara Vanderveer and Jennifer Azey and the Stafford Cardinal. That was big time in the Bay Area. Big time. 1992. Then you won one a few years ago. 
laughing at Walt too. Shout out to Tara Vanderville and the Stafford Cardo. What's coming up on the game? Brought to you by Flag and Anthem. Your phone calls. We're going to go down memory lane as well. Memory lane with some playoff moments in 49ers history as we get ready for the big game on Sunday. More coming up on the roast. Fonte, the more you talk, the more you make me nervous. To the morning roast with Fonte and Shasky. Hopefully, the Niners are running the town on Sunday. Not only this town, but the town of Las Vegas and towns all around the world. We've been waiting for this for a long, long time as we're talking about this big game on Sunday. <clears throat> Part B, it is a Football Friday presented by Flag and F. I don't want to get to the calls. We're going down memory lane, and I want you guys to stick with this. And I want you guys to feel the pain that's led up to this moment on Sunday in Las Vegas. But I do want to get to the calls because it's not about talking at you. It's, talk, it's all about talking with you. We're with the people. We love hearing from the fans. So you know what? I'm going to go out to Jersey. I'm going to go out to Jersey. And I, I have a funny suspicion about this call. But let's go to college, Jersey. College Jersey. What's going on? Hey, what's up, guys? I am a uh, newer fan of your show, but a huge fan. Um, been listening to you guys for the last month or so, almost daily, and I'm a lifelong Niners fan, obviously from Jersey. But you guys certainly uh, make me feel at home. Um, you guys are giving me all the positive energy, getting me all jacked up, and I just want this so bad. I'm 37, but I've never had the chance to see the Niners win a Super Bowl. And of all my sports teams, this is my ultimate team, the team I care the most about. And I want this so bad, and my son's going to be turning five this summer, and he's starting to get into 49ers football with me, learning all the players' names. That's cool. And and his name happens to be Brock. So when we had Purdy take over last year, I was hoping it was kind of fateful. So, um, you know, I'm not a crier, but I feel like, if I get the chance to see those Niners win on Sunday and I get to share that with my son wearing our matching uh, matching Purdy shirts, you better believe there's going to be tears. Oh, I love that. It's appropriate that. to cry. There you go, Kyle. Real men cry. <clears throat> Niners win, you cried on Sunday? Me? Yeah. Uh, probably. I mean, I got a lot of emotion going on in my life right now, no so I'm not going to lie. You know, I uh, FaceTimed my dad. It was the first time I've been able to actually see him sit up in over a month, and... You know, like my mom was showing him photos and stuff and, right. and telling him that we're going. He's really groggy, so he doesn't even know like what's going on. Right. But I think I think he's becoming more cognizant. He realizes what's going on right now. And like I can't think about the Niners winning a championship without thinking about what it means to me and my dad and my brother. Like yeah. I'm I'm getting choked up thinking about it. Like this team all these teams, but this team in particular, like part of our family bond and that familial tie is going on Sundays to the Niner game. No is doubt. screaming and yelling about that team before, during, middle, after the game and talking about them during the week. And, and so like, yeah, like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to end up tearing up, dude. Like yeah. this team means more than just sports to a lot of us. No doubt. No doubt. It ruins weeks. They ruin all seasons when they lose. We feel jubilation when they win. We carried a pain from, hell, we still talk about the 90, 1990 NFC title game loss like it was yesterday. That's how sick we are about this football team. By the way, uh, Rhino, Rhino 02, send a love all the way from Ireland. Go Niners. Let's I go. feel it. I love that. Ireland loves love San Francisco. We love, love you back. I love that. We'll have a Guinness on you, buddy. Absolutely. Let's go to the lines. Uh, Adam, our boy Adam in San Francisco. What's up, Adam? Adam what's up, baby? 
Man, that run this time tonight had me about to freestyle, and I don't got anything for today. So I'm just going to leave you guys at this. Number one, I love that you guys are going to be at the game. I, you know, Shasky was at game four of the finals. That just brought a little bit something. You guys are going to be there, the whole crew. Bring us home that trophy. No, it's about the team on the field, but it's about the supporting cast as well, and you guys are part of that. Uh, you were mentioning something, Bonte, about it going down memory lane of pain, and like you got to you got to feed in that and feel that. The 2011, 2012, 2013, 2019, mm. 2021, 2022. Mm. Kaepernick came so close. Mm. Jimmy came so close. Purdy is this quarterback to get it done. To quote the late great Carl Weathers, there is no tomorrow. This is it. There, you got to put all your chips on the table. You're in Vegas. This is the time to get it done. And I truly believe this team is going to get it done. I don't care about all the hype about Mahomes, about Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. It doesn't freaking matter. This team is going to get this job done. And let me just leave you with this last quote before I leave. The world is a very mean and nasty place. I don't care how tough you are, and it'll beat you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That is how winning is done. Get this win this weekend, boys. Love you guys. What a quote. What a call from Adam and SF. Gosh. Damn, Adam. That's tough. That's Got me in my feelings right now. Got me in my... Listen, man. Last night was a good night for me. Personally, just mentally getting ready for this big game. You know, I got sent the photo of the Super Bowl field yesterday. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at the field. The paint, they'll, they'll paint it up. They'll touch it up, no doubt, Lots today, of- tomorrow. But the field was set up. And I'm thinking, boy, we're going to be in that stadium at Allegiant for the Super Bowl watching the 49ers. Then I do Warriors pre and post, and the Warriors quietly go 4-1 on this five-game road trip. First time they got 4-1 on the road trip of a five-game or more since January of 2019. And the vibes feel right. And Steph Curry, at the age of 35, drops 42 big ones. He had a road trip in which he dropped a 60-burger and a 40-burger. And he hits tw- 10 threes in a game for the 42nd, 43rd time in his career. And I'm like, okay, the Warriors, the vibes are feeling right. He got four games for the All-Star break. Okay, cool. I'm feeling good. And then during the post-game show, I get the alert. Patrick Willis is getting inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I said, wow. Wow, that shocked me. I, I thought he was going to have to wait a couple more years. And then Christian McCaffrey, he gets the Offensive Player of the Year award, and he has that great speech afterwards. And then I see a photo of Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey with the Super Bowl 58 vest on made by Christian Juszczyk, and they're receiving their FedEx Air and Ground Players of the Year. And I'm thinking, you know what? It's a good night for the Bay. It could be a monumental week for the Bay Area on Sunday. It really can, man. The vibes are really good. I feel really good about this game, Shasky. I do, man. And I know who's on the other side. I understand Patrick Mahomes could go down as one of the all-timers. Can we can we agree? The fear and the anxiety of facing an all-time legend, isn't this what sports is all about? It's, all, it's what it's all about, Like, man. this is what it's all about. And, what? you know, you're talking about Brock Purdy. I was listening to Adam, like, wax poetically about how all these other quarterbacks fell short and Brock Purdy. Look, Brock doesn't have to carry this team. He just needs to do his job. Like, and I think that's where Kyle Shanahan comes into the equation. Where I'm expecting Kyle Shanahan allow this young man to get settled in so it's a normal game as quick as possible. Drew Brees, I was listening to with Cowherd yesterday because it popped up on my timeline, and he said he airmailed his first pass. They did a fullback dive right. on the first play, okay, because they were all so amped. Right. He airmailed the first pass by 10 yards, and it would have been a touchdown over the top. 
He said, I was so amped. I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't, couldn't calm down. And Sean Payton and him both had to calm down as play caller and as quarterback. And so he expects Kyle Shannon, who's been here before, to recognize that, understand that, and try to set this game plan up early in the game to accommodate Brock Purdy's amped-up nature, which is going to be no matter how calm you are, and to make it easy on him by handing the ball off early in the game or some small, controllable passes to let them settle in and know it's a normal game. No doubt. No doubt. Jet sweeps, running the ball. I I expect them to to do that with Brock Purdy. Listen, you brought up fear and anxiety. It's the best feeling. And I'm not going to sit up here on a Friday. You know, you you guys know us. It's the craziness. You guys know us. We try to keep it as authentic as possible. I don't know how to sugarcoat things. That's one of my flaws uh, in my game. I don't know how to sugarcoat it for you guys. But I'm going to sit here and tell you, we should absolutely fear Patrick Mahomes. He's an all-time great. I understand what we're going up against, but it's never been easy for the Bay. No. It's never been easy. Think about the – we had to go through the Cowboys in the 90s, an all-time team. The Warriors had to go through LeBron freaking James, who's considered by many to be the greatest player in NBA history. He's either one or two. All right. He's on a short list. You had to go through LeBron to win those NBA championships. <laughs> and then later on in 2022, you had to go through the Celtics, who were rolling full of athletic stars all across, stars galore on that team. The parquet floor, Boston, all the championships, the banners, the 17 up there hanging, right all back cigar smoke. It's all lingering in Boston. And you had to go through them. The Giants did it the hard way in 2010, clinching the NL West on the last day of the regular season. Then you go through the playoffs, you get to the series against Texas, you handle your business. But you had to go through Philadelphia and in that dynasty mm-hmm. with the Phillies without home field advantage. You had to win game one in Philly. You had to win game six to clinch on their home turf in Philadelphia against that all-time staff, Roy Oswald, all right? Doc Holliday, you know, Cole Hamels. They were loaded. It's never easy for the Bay. 2012, you're down 0-2 in the first round against Cincinnati, and you got to go to Cincinnati. You know what I'm saying? It's never easy for the Bay. And you know what? I want it like this. I want it like this. Well, it, it's. I'm glad you're referencing all these different, you know, resilient stories. Thinking about Brock Purdy, I don't care about the future and what he'll become in 15 years from now. If he wins this game. Even if he plays mediocre, he wins this game. Think about some of the people whose entire legacy in the Bay Area has completely changed because they won the one. Yep. Whether it's Cody Ross or a Barry Zito. Barry Zito was a bad giant. It was a horrible signing. He had that one game, obviously, in in the NLCS, but he also had that one game against Verlander, game one. Think about Pablo Sandoval. As ugly as it was when he left the Giants, the guy hit three home runs in a World Series game. Yep. When you think about these guys, Madison Bumgarner, it ended kind of ugly. It did end ugly. But Game 7 lives forever. 2014 is one hell of a run for that man. I mean, Brandon Belt, we think about one moment, the 18th inning home run. Yep. So many guys. Which is crazy because Brandon Belt actually balled out that series against the Royals. He had a great World Series. He's really good at that I know, but like Travis Ishikawa, I can go right down the list. There are certain players, when you win a championship, they become immortalized. No matter what ends up happening for the remainder of their career, if Brock Purdy can find a way to bring this this organization its first championship in 30 years, the guy's going to go down as an all-time legend no matter what happens after this year. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. This whole team's going to go down as legendary. Debo, 
Christian McCaffrey, Fred Warner, they all get elevated. They all get elevated. Now all of a sudden you're comparing this team to the great Super Bowl teams of the past. You're saying, are they better than the 94, 95 Niners? Are they better than the 89 Niners? Are they better than 88 Niners? Are they better than 81 Niners? Are they better than 84 Niners? But you can't have the conversation unless you win it on Sunday. And then I'm just thinking about it again. Listen, Travis Kelsey, all-time, all-time receiving tight end. He's going to Kenton, Ohio. Andy Reid, all-time offensive guru in the NFL on a short list of great minds, brilliant minds when it comes to offensive football, X's and O's. You got to go through them. But again, it's never been easy for the Bay. You brought up 2014. We had one starting pitcher. That was worth the damn. They Madison got, Bumgarner. They got six combined outs from their Game 6 and Game 7 starters. Tim Hudson and Jake Peavy. All right? You're writing Ryan Vogelsong. All right? You are riding them. You are riding a bullpen. You are riding a patchwork lineup. Three different leadoff hitters in that run. Right? I know. <laughs> Angel Pagan. You had Gregor Blanco. You had Andres Torres. And you had to go through some big boys. So for the Bay, it's never been easy. You got to go through the Mahomes. To beat the man, you got to beat the man. We said that all year long in the NFC about going to Philadelphia. You know what? You took their soul. Just ask Lane Johnson. Okay, explain to me what happened the last, whatever, six, eight weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, I feel like as film piles up, and I feel like really after the 49ers game where, you know, it was kind of them dismantling us, I felt like teams kind of piggybacked off that. So I don't know if it was something we were doing with our scheme-wise. Maybe the teams were on to what we were running. But it was a lot more difficult than what it needed to be um, because you've seen what the offense has been, and then you see that stretch, and it's, you know, what's going on. You know, B. The Niners have a chance to do something, too, which is hold off Patrick Mahomes from getting into rarefied air. For being, and the Kansas City Chiefs, for being the first team to go back-to-back in 19 years. I'm just looking at the quarterbacks. Right. When you look at, like, the big separator, Bart Starr's got two. Staubach's got two. Yep. Greasy's got two. Ben Roethlisberger. has got two. Elway, Young, even though Young wasn't the starter for one of those, Roethlisberger and Peyton Manning. With Does Eli Young Manning. have three? Excuse me? Does it Steve Young have three now? Because two is a backup. Cincinnati well, it says and, uh, here two. But okay. yeah, you're right. Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Yeah, you're right. He was Broncos. three. You're right. But yep. I consider him one. Yeah, yeah. We consider him one because no he was doubt. the starter. Eli and Peyton. Right now, Mahomes has two. He would join Earl Morale, who was a backup. Mm-hmm. Um, Troy Aikman with three. And then it's just Bradshaw, Montana, and then Brady with the seven. Yep. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's going to go down. He's 28 years old. Yeah. You stop him from getting this one? And. And you stop the Chiefs from going back to back. I think that's because all of a sudden the Chiefs win this one, and they're thinking about three peating, mm. becoming the first team to three peat. Mm. Think about what the Super Bowl does for them. So you want to stop all that noise? Stop it all I right know. now. And you know what? We got the perfect. We got the two perfect callers. We got the two perfect callers to shut that down. I'm gonna go to Berkeley first to Nick in Berkeley. Then I'm going to a place that we need to go to, and we need to hear from. But first, Nick in Berkeley. Nick, what's up? What's going yo, on? Yo, yo, what's up, you guys? Hey, man, I'm so sick of the damn Chiefs, dude, because they've been whooping on us for a minute. Man, we're about to let the cats have it. We didn't have Ayuk. We didn't have McCaffrey. Man, we, man, I'm telling you right now, we're about to we're about to trounce these cats like we did Philly, like we did Dallas. Man, it's not going to be close, man. It's our year. It's destiny, man. There's no way. I, I don't, don't even complain about the referees during the game. We don't. We know they're going to make no calls or bad calls. We're not even tripping off that. Our, our team is not even tripping off that. We're battle-tested. We've overcame and had every type of game in the last couple of years and can come up with a little short. But now our team is, is, man, I've never seen a juggernaut like this, man. 
purdy it's not a pool party it's gonna be a purdy party let's go nick. let's I'm, go nick. i'm telling you right now you sound I mean, calm nick nick you sound a little calm this morning to get super hyped you sound calm this morning nick nick you're a little calm What's that? you're a little calm Man, because you know what? It's like it's like it's like the calm before the storm, baby. Because I'm about to be ripping the, uh, the the roof singles off my house. I'm gonna be yelling so loud. <laughs> I'm t- I may put my TV outside <laughs> because I'm about to be so hyped. I gotta jump around, baby. Man, this is it, man. I'm so ready for payback for losing that that bum Super Bowl when we had no receivers and 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 Garoppolo back there with happy feet with a ten point lead. Man, it's none of that now. And Shanahan, he should be in the zone right now. Just like a pilot in a in a, in a in a in a rocket flying through the air, like he's not even tripping, man. You know what I'm saying? Like if he's not, then he better he needs he needs to check himself. And let me tell you something, man. I appreciate y'all taking the calls because when we started this season off early, and we I've been calling every single week. Y'all always take my calls, man. You know, Shasky, man. You know, shout out for being a new dad, man. Thank it's you. like an omen, man. I keep thinking about that, man. It's a sign, man. I agree. All these, all these things, all these things have come full circle from what we've been talking about through the bitter losses, the three game skid, all that, man. All the roasters calling in with all their great ideas and takes and views, man. It's it's all wrapped into one big forty nine er bowl right now. Again, let's go Niner Empire. Represent. Stay hot the whole weekend. Let's go, y'all. Love y'all. Let's go, Dick. Love you, Nick. I'm gonna let you follow that up, and then I'm gonna go to a place that we need to go to. I don't know if you want me to go there right now. Do you want me to go there well, right I, now? I, I, just, I could go there before right now. Before you go there, I just... And I was worried. You know, I've, I've been thinking about a lot, you know. You start to get older. You start thinking about all the lucky things you were able to see. Like, going back to the 90s, seeing this team lose that many times to Green Bay, I, I really thought they would win another one with Steve Young. I did. Yeah. I really did. Then Garcia and Owens was like kind of like... That forged my like uh, young adult. Right. I am a Niner lifer when I would right. go to all those games, and and that team wasn't good enough. But I I always had hope, and like, I mean, literally watching games, like I I prayed to God that a miracle would happen that we would win a championship, knowing we were not the better team against Tampa Bay, knowing we were not the better team against Green Bay when we faced them again, and then you know the Harbaugh era, they were so close. So close. That New York Giants game, Kyle Williams fumbling the way he did, and and Ahmed Bradshaw, I thought he fumbled. And, and the overtime game with the rain coming down, walking out a candlestick, it's something I will never, ever, ever get over. And then the Super Bowl loss was as bad as it gets, just across the board. Then the following year... Just the Seahawk thing, the way that went down, losing Bowman on that field, seeing Frank Gore get basically knocked out in that game, losing Ayupati, Kaepernick, and, and and that throw with Richard Sherman having the greatest play in Seattle sports history, devastating. Knowing that we lost the heart and soul of our team, maybe I thought it was for his career in Bowman. We were lucky he even came back, but that was the end. That, that was it. That was I mean, it. That was that, that was signified it. For the it. Era. That was it for the Harbaugh era. And then, it was like twenty twenty. 2019, you and I in the studio watching that game, and for them to blow that lead the way they did, ripping my soul out and having to do a four-hour show, you and me, taking call after call when it's one of the lowest moments I can remember. It may have been our greatest work. It was an epic show. I was 
devastated. The businessman in me wasn't bad. <laughs> I'm we, telling you, it was a good show. Then, you know, we were blessed to go down to L.A., like blessed. And I got to take my dad, and, you know, like we drove down in a Mustang going down I-5, and we had such a great, like, 36 hours down there. The All of breakfast. the homies the that we hooked breakfast. up with. We, we, like, Niner fans took over that stadium. You know, took over that stadium. And to lose again, up 10 in the fourth quarter, the way we did with Jimmy throwing the interception and Aaron Donald and Jaguarski Tart dropping the ball, that was a horrific loss. And then the next year, you and I go to freaking Philadelphia, have like the time of our lives. They treat us like absolute garbage going into that stadium, and we lose our freaking quarterback before the game even really gets off going. To get back to here and to go to Vegas and to have an opportunity to face one of the all-time great players and to get that revenge against him and shut everybody up, hell yeah, dude, I want to exonerate these freaking ghosts. Um, I'm, I'm tired of freaking losing. I'm almost going to cuss right now. Like I'm sick and tired of getting right up to the to the altar, about to get engaged and married, and, and then someone takes the wedding ring away from us. I'm, I'm tired of it. You know, I'm tired of getting pushed around. As I watched I Patrick wanna... Willis, one of my favorite players yeah. of all time, class personified, the guy gave his freaking body to this organization. He represented passion and dedication and class in an era of darkness. He was everyone's favorite player. And the one thing that I wished he had, him and Frank Gore, was to be able to stand up on that podium and have that Lombardi handed to them. They, they deserved it more than anyone. Yep. What they meant to this team and this fan base, guys our age... Name a guy our age who didn't have the Patrick Willis jersey. Well, I didn't have the Patrick Willis jersey. I had a free guard, but listen. For them the, to not the have moment, it, it hurts me. But the moment that I loved with Willis and Gore was in the Georgia Dome when they won the NFC Championship game coming back from 17 nothing, And Patrick Willis was getting interviewed by Fox Sports. Could have been Aaron Andrews. Could have been Pam Oliver. I don't remember. And Frank Gore ran up to him. We go to the Super Bowl, man. We got, and they had a hug and an embrace. I ran outside and I started crying. Because I was so happy for Frank Gord. You saw how excited he was. Then he hits the podium, and he has Frank yep. Jr. up there yep. on the set with them going to the Super Bowl. And they don't come close, and they don't win that Super Bowl. They don't win it. But I do want to ask Niner fans, because you're, you're coming, going down memory lane. When did you become a Niner fan? When did you know this was the team you love? Because for me, Shasky... I wasn't blessed to go to games at a young age. Yeah. We didn't have the money to go yeah, to games. I was very I had to watch, fortunate. I, had a lot of, I watched a lot of games yeah. on television every single Sunday. It was ready to roll, newspaper the next day, uh, Sporting Green, the Examiner, whatever it was. I was locked and loaded at 8.30 watching the 49ers pregame yeah. show with Marky Baez, yeah. Joe Fonzie, Harris Barton, Jamie Williams back in the day. It felt like I was just born and being a Niner fan. And I remember the first Super Bowl win against Cincinnati, my first Super Bowl win as a kid. It just felt like I was born into loving the Niners. Yeah. I knew no other team. I knew no, nothing else. Yeah. When did you know you were a Niner fan? Like, Rian Lancaster set the tone this morning talking about a Vegas trip and the three-team parlay, and the only team to hit was a Niner fan. And she goes, well, that's the team I'm rolling with. And here we are 20, 30 years later, and she's still a Niner fan. I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when were you a Niner fan? When did you become well, a Niner fan? When did you start loving this team? Whether you went to the games or not, I, I want to know. Because it means a lot to a lot of people to get this one. Think about the generations that haven't experienced the Super Bowl win with this team. With this team. You know, I've always been a Niner fan, so it's hard for me to like envision a time where I became one. I get what you're saying, like, but 
God, I'm tearing up because like I'm thinking about it. The moment I always think of when I was like, what does being a Niner fan mean? Running out of candlestick after the Niners beat the New York Giants in the, in the wild card game, we hopped in the back of my grandfather's S10 white truck as we're coming down 3rd Street. And I'm, I'm literally tearing up. My boy, White Mike, who we kind of had a falling out, and I love him. I, I, I miss him dearly to this day. Seeing us in the back of the car, high-fiving all the people in Hunter's Point as we're going out. You know exactly. Anybody yeah. who knows where that 29, that bus route was coming out on mm -hmm. Palou, you, high-fiving random people and catching footballs right. from people on the streets as my dad and my grandfather are in the front of the S10, the right. white S10, as we're coming down 3rd Street. That's what being a Niner fan was. Well, I, you know, for me, like when I close my yeah. eyes, that's what I think of. Well, I think my of brother this. in the parking lot. I'm actually thinking about this, and I hope my mom is listening. She's always listening. Before we get back out to the lines, sorry, I'm, I'm getting emotional, man. No, no, it's all good. Uh, my mama always listens. <sighs> Becky Tindo, I know she's always listening. So we left out three three four Waller. This we're getting ready. So I actually had a little party. Auntie Lisa came over, my cousin Drew, and when the Niners beat up on the Bears to go to the Super Bowl at Soldier Field, I remember that game like it was yesterday. They played the Bengals, obviously, a couple weeks later. And so we're watching at Uncle Mitch's house. Uncle Mitch, rest in peace. Uh Mitchell Jr., shout out to him. He's up in sack. So Waller, we had this complex. It was four apartments. We're next door to Uncle Mitch, and Uncle Mitch, I would always go over there and watch the fights with him. I was the only kid that was able to watch the fights with the OGs. All the other kids, they'd be in the kiddie room. I could watch with the OGs because, like, this guy's a, he's a fanatic. But in that game with Cincinnati, I was with the kids, and we had our little TV, yeah. and I would go back and forth to the OGs, and there was this one guy, uh, Uncle Lawrence. Lawrence, he's a Saints fan. He would always talk to us and be, oh, little Bob, hey, oh, man, you're about to lose. And I remember Mike Kofer missed the kick in that huh. Super Bowl. Yeah. He missed the kick. Wide right. And I remember getting depressed, like, Oh, no, they can't lose. This is my team. They're meant to win. They're yeah. meant to win. In that moment, when I think about it, running back and forth with the kids, and I was like, I'm not with these kids. They don't know what's going on. They got their Niners gear on. I'm one of them. I'm an OG. I belong in the big boy room watching this football team. Shasky, I was six years old at the time. Six years old. And the maniac understanding what the hell was going on. And when they won that Super Bowl, I knew then, damn, I'm, this is my team. This is it. They were my first love. They were they my were first love. They were everybody's first love so, at that time. So when you think about what happens on Sunday that. and being there at I the Super that. Bowl, my mom this past Sunday goes, Monte, you're going to be at the Super Bowl watching your team in Super Bowl 58 try to do something for the first time since 1994, 95. I was like, damn, when you put it like that. Yeah, this you're is getting big me time. emotional, bro. Nah, don't don't cry, man. It's no, but to, you're getting me get emotional. Well, you're not going to get emotional now because you know what? No, but you know, you're, you're bringing <laughs> up. It's like this team is was a lot of people's first love, and I'm glad that you're expressing that. And everyone's got different things and different prerogatives and whatnot. Right. Like, be how many times did you and me have off? Like the conversations we have on air are exactly like the conversations yeah. we have in off air. Yeah. We're screaming and yelling. How many times have you called me at halftime of a Niner game screaming at me? <laughs> Going psycho. How many times? Going psycho for the last how? Over yeah, many years. Yeah. Rocco's been doing that to me for 25 years. My brother's been doing that yeah. to me for 25 years. My grandfather would call me on Mondays and do a full breakdown yeah. on every single game. Paris Harrelson was jumping off sides. Right. You know what I mean? Like, losing our minds. Losing, losing the game as a child with the Niners would ruin my week. Week? And it caused me problems in elementary school. It would it would lead to anger issues because I was so ticked off when they lost to the Cowboys in 92. I remember being in Richard, that was one Richard of the Matthews' car. And I watched it at his house and he dropped me back off at 334 all over my mom and I'm sitting in the back of the car and I was I was like cry I was like distraught. I was like, what? We lost to the Cowboys? I didn't understand the Niners Cowboys rivalry at the time. But I was just thinking, wait a minute, we're supposed to be in the Super Bowl. 
We're supposed to be there. You know what's special about the Niners? You've passed it on to Anna. You've yeah. passed it on to baby Chess, right? Like I've, I've seen myself yep. being able to pass it on to my nieces and, and take them to games and let them experience. And now they are Niner lifers yep. forever. Yep. One playoff game, and they are freaking oh, yeah. hooked. And, it's hooked. and that's what it's all about. I'm telling you, it's, it's deeper it's than just a game. No doubt. No doubt I'm about so it. I'm so pumped. You, you're gonna we be, have to win this. Well, you're going to be more pumped because we're going to Fremont. And we're going to my main man, Juice. Juice at Fremont. Talk to the people. Before I get into my call, I want to say first and foremost, much love and respect to you two for allowing us, the fans, to speak on the number one freaking sports radio show in America. But as the third unofficial host of the morning roast, like Steph Curry in Indiana last night, allow me to cook. Allow me to speak to all the great Niner Empire fans who have supported the greatest story sports franchise in all of sports. Regardless of your age, gender, race, religious background, we are forever united by two colors. Red representing the blood and tears in battle and gold for the ultimate prize when we overcome the War. To all the great fans of the Niner Empire, wherever you're at right now, at this moment, whether it's the melting pot of the bay, all the way to the frozen ice of Antarctica, turn up your radio dial as I speak the state of emergency. The last two weeks was all fun and games. The last two weeks, the Niner Empire were flirting with Cupid. But this Sunday, we're going to put on the big boy pants, strap the combat boots, tighten up the uniform, and prepare for war. You see, we waited 1,470 days so we as a fan base can say, like in the words of George Kittle, who said four years ago, we're back here with the vengeance. And at the same time, the sports god heard our prayers and allowed the Niners to face yet again Patrick Mahomes, who has a 3-0 record against this team. All this freaking week, you heard the whispers of, oh, I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid is a legend. Chelsea He's unstoppable. The Chiefs defense can match the Niners' weapons. Blah, blah, blah. Not also is this a disrespect to the Niners' empire, but am I surprised? How many times have this team heard all the negative critics when they were building this roster? So Trent Williams is coming with baggage from Washington. Devils are reaching the second round. McCaffrey's injury prone, and Brock is a glorified game manager. Every person on this team has been questioned from all the haters. But that hasn't stopped this team. Because you know why? They laugh at us because they say we're different. But we laugh at all of them because they are all the same. It's not the dog in the fight. It's the fight in the dog. Through all the struggle, through all the pain, all the nagging injuries, through hardship and doubt, you are now where you're supposed to be. Why? Because you believe, and therefore we believe. And finally, as I leave this call, in 1968, a marathon athlete, John Steve Ackley, who ran the Olympic event in Mexico City was showing crossing the finish line. The catch, the event was finished hours ago. Beaten, bruised, injured. When a sports reporter asked him, why did you finish the race even though everybody gave up? This is what he said. My people didn't 
send me 5,000 miles to start the race. My people send me 5,000 miles to finish the freaking race. Niner Empire, you didn't come all this way to be in the Super Bowl. You came all the way to win the freaking Super Bowl. It's either you live for nothing or you die for something. And on February 11, 2024, the whole world will bear witness. We came back to take what belongs to us. Instead of peace and love, the chief was spirit. These men will become a violence and revenge. Just like the Packers and the Detroit Lions, I am freaking out. Damn. They didn't send me to start the race. (laughs) They They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. You know, that's the greatest call Juices ever. The the call will have to be replayed in a 9 o'clock hour. It's already the call of the year. Just lock it up, store it away. I don't care if the Niners lose, win, I don't tie. I, it's the call of the year. I don't even know what to say after that. You know, Juice only calls about six times a year. It's <laughs> what makes him special. And I think about the guy every damn day. You know what I'm saying? And this is who we do the show for. Because Juice is always lurking. The Robs and Sam Brudos, the Juices, the Robins, the Toadies, the Clark, the Shark, the Cows, the Verducci's, the every. That call right there. Got me. I, I I didn't disagree. The dead thing he said. I mean, God, Spadoni. Seriously. I'm just thinking about the meme where it's the guy in the bed with the wife, and the wife's turned over. He's like, I wonder who he's thinking about. Some girl or something. Bonte's <laughs> thinking about Juice and Fremont. <laughs> he's, I'm telling you, man, every postseason, this guy comes with a call that has me ready to just leave the studio and say, to hell with the show. I'm just ready to play a football game. I'm ready to run through a wall. Every time that man calls, he brings the pat, and you hear the passion. You hear how much this team means to him. He wants this just as bad as Shasky. He wants it just as bad as the Roasters. He wants it just as bad as Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Brock Purdy. He wants to pass it along to his family. That call will be replayed at a 9 o'clock hour. It's one of the greatest calls I've heard in Sports Talk Radio. It's one of the best calls I've heard in a very, very long time. Good Lord, that was good. Good luck following that up. This team just it means something different to this part of the country. It just does. I got I football, obviously, you know, football's king. I've told you over and over this is a team that's born and raised here. The name represents the region because of the big, you know, uh influx of people that were coming here searching for gold. The colors, the 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 resume of the of the organization over the years, all the heartbreak. It, this team represents this region and it means it means something different. It just does. I, you know? It, I mean, the, the Niners are they're the biggest thing around here, and it's not even close. And people have been begging, dying, scratching and clawing for them to win just one. Just one. I mean, think about Niner Nick, Sam Lubman, John Curley, all these different guys who are in their 30s who love this team. Never experienced it. You not, know, even a, not even a taste. One of the greatest moments I had in Dallas was running into Niner Nick after the game. And chest bumping with him, and hugging him, and talking to him, and he's just saying, "Bonte, we're gonna go to Green Bay and kick their ass, and we're going to the Frozen Tundra." That's where I met Marcus Bosworth, Boz, who sits over at two twenty eight next to our boy Dwayne, who rides Bart. Yeah, that's where I ran into Boz. Niner fans that grow up together, you know, it's a lifestyle, man. We're different. We're different than any other team, man. It's Sunday's gonna be our day. I can feel it. You know what? Uh, we got the injury report. Then we're going to get back to the calls. 
Because Elijah lit up. They know where to go. Not going to lie. Getting really hungry, and I'm ready for Proposition yeah, Chicken nah, to be coming in soon. I'm, I'm, I'm locked Woo! in. I'm locked in. Eat some fried I, chicken. You know what? Prop Chicken's going to be great. Meat in the roaster is going to be great, but I'm so damn locked in with the roast right now. It's not even funny. I can't eat right now. I can't drink right now. I'm shaking right now, listening to Juice, breaking down what he said. And the journey started. I keep going back to the Hilton Hotel in late July because I felt this season could be special. The journey to get back what's ours after that heartbreaking Philadelphia, after the painful walk out of that stadium, after listening to the Eagle, Eagle fans mock us left and right, call us whiners, Ross Tucker on Radio Row, talk about calling us complainers. Well, the only thing we're going to be complaining about is the confetti coming down from the Legion Stadium because we're going to need a lot more that's going to be coming down from the Legion Stadium on Sunday. The Lombardi's ours, folks. It's ours. It's finally ours on Sunday. Call it that shot. Let's go. Spinotti Injury Report. It's time for the Injury Report. It really hurts. Brought to you by Boxer and Gerson, Northern California's premier workers' compensation law firm. Helping injured workers get their lives back for over 40 years. I know we got the Injury Report, Spadoni. I want to hear the Scarface song uh, at the end of Scarface uh, as the bed underneath that juice call. I don't even think we need a bed, do we? Do you need a bed for that? Do you need a bed for juice? We'll workshop it. Love I, juice. I mean, the way I he was approaching to, that, he was I, like the guy at the end shooting Tony in the back. I can't wait to I can't wait to meet juice one day. I really can't. Injury report brought to you by Boxer Gerzer. Shout out to Boxer Gerzer. Not Brian in Palo Alto. <laughs> Changed his avatar to a clay avatar. <laughs> I'm not scared. <laughs> I'm sure he's got the stat. Hey, but I'll tell you, they're 3-0 without Clay Thompson this year. George Kittle, Eric Garcet, once again, limited at practice, but they're going to play. They're going to play. For the Chiefs, Rasheed Rice was a limited participant with a foot injury that occurred when his foot was stepped on during practice. Head coach Andy Reid downplayed any concern for Rice's well-being after practice. He's expected to play. It's the Super Bowl. Guys got to shoot up the chore at all. They're gonna do. They're gonna do whatever they got to do. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna do whatever they, they got to do to play on Sunday, man. You best believe that. Injury report brought to you by Boxer Gerson, Northern California's premier workers' compensation law firm, helping injured workers get their lives back for over forty years. What's coming up with the game? Brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. Your phone calls eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Lines are jam packed. We're talking Niners. We're talking big game. On Sunday, we're two days away, folks. Two days away. More coming up on the roast.